Hello and welcome to The Shepherd's Voice, the podcast of Catoctin Covenant Presbyterian Church here in Purcellville, Virginia. My name is Pastor Charles Biggs and I'm here with Pastor Ben Franks. Good morning. Good morning. Our question today is, uh, Pastor Ben, should Reformed Christians celebrate holidays? Yeah, uh, I'm excited to talk about this question, but I feel like it's a question that also needs maybe a bit of explanation because it might feel uh, to those who haven't grown up in, in Reformed churches or are, are still learning about the Reformed tradition, it may sound like a, an odd question to ask. Should we celebrate holidays, you know, Easter, Christmas, of, of course. Um, but, but this is actually a question that's really worth wrestling with, and it's something that the church uh, down through the years has wrestled with. So let me try to just give a bit of um, a background as to, to why this question is even a question. Um, so, of course, we see uh, in the New Testament that the, the church is centered on uh, the, the person and work, the ministry of Jesus Christ. Uh, the Gospels uh, give us different events from the life of Christ, um, which we now look back to and think, oh, this is an Easter passage. This is a Christmas passage. But, of course, when you look at how the apostles actually um, functioned, you know, what they what they taught and so forth, uh, they didn't organize their uh, ministry um, around any kind of church calendar or, or liturgical year, we might say. Uh, that's really something that develops um, several hundred years um, after uh, the writings of the New Testament, the ministry of the apostles, as Christians in various places um, are, are trying to um, to, to look back to and honor the, the work and ministry of Christ, um, to, to kind of identify in that big sweep of redemptive history, what are these kind of key turning points that we should be coming back to again and again? And it's out of that um, heart and, and, and question that, that what we think of as holidays uh, emerge. And uh, in the earliest days, that's really centered on uh, especially the resurrection of Christ as well as his birth, but Easter is kind of the, the center of that discussion. And uh, the church spends a lot of time thinking through uh, how can we best remember and celebrate and worship God for what he's done in the, in the ministry of Jesus Christ. Uh, of course, as the, the, the church um, goes on and grows, one of the things that happens is that as the, 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 the church begins to, to conquer the culture, in a sense, the culture also begins to seep into the church. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially in the, the, the later end of kind of the early church period, and particularly in the Middle Ages, uh, what you have is to that kind of simple um, desire to honor and remember uh, the, the the key points in redemptive history, you begin to have a lot of things added to that. It, uh, on the one hand, you have a lot of, of saints' days and feast days and fasting days, which are not even necessarily tied to anything in Scripture or anything that Christ has done, but are really kind of remembrances of kind of folk stories about this saint or mm-hmm. that saint or that event, mm-hmm. um, and even to uh, the, the kind of celebration of the life and ministry of Christ. Um, there begins to be less and less of an emphasis on the biblical story of, of what that means and why it's important, and, and there becomes an attachment to a lot of um, you know, smells and bells, we might say, you know, extra celebrations, extra feasts, extra um, dishes, and all of this type of thing that, that begin to mark, you know, this is what the celebration is about. And wrapped up in all of that, especially in the, the medieval period, is, is, a, is a flawed understanding of, 
of salvation itself, that the, the role of man in salvation becomes stressed and emphasized in a way that's really foreign to the New Testament itself. And people begin to think at a popular level that by celebrating a holy day, by abstaining from all my work, by doing extra penance, by coming to extra worship services, uh, I, I'm getting a special favor with God. And I think we see some of that in our own day as well. You know, we'll have people who are um, Christmas and Easter Christians. Yes. Um, the Bible knows nothing of Christmas and Easter Christians, mm-hmm. uh, only of, of followers of our Lord and Savior mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. But popularly, we often think, as long as I believe that God exists and I show up at those big holidays, um, that, that, that will kind of get me far enough yes. in terms of my favor with God. So as the Reformation is taking place, um, the Reformers are seeing a lot of areas where the Church needs to be reformed, and the area of holidays is one of those, because they see that, that the Church calendar has grown to cover almost the entirety of the year, and most of it is not focused on events that are found in Scripture or events tied to the life and ministry of Christ, and even those that are have had added to them a lot of baggage that's actually distracting from Christ and distorting the gospel um, to the popular people. And so the, the Reformers are wrestling with Uh, What do we do with this liturgical year that's been handed down to us? And they they come up with some different answers. Uh, Different traditions will kind of handle this in different ways. But there are certain things that, particularly in the Reformed tradition, we'll just kind of stick to our own story here, uh, particularly in the Reformed tradition, there are certain key things that everyone agrees are important to emphasize. What are those things? Well, one of the foundational things is to recognize that the real center of our worship, the, the high holy day, is not Christmas or Easter or Pentecost or St. Cecilia's Day or anything like that, um, but it's the Lord's Day. Amen. And so there is a, a sense in which uh, the church calendar is greatly restricted, and it's, there's a sense in which it's greatly expanded because they, they recognize that actually— Every Sunday, as we come gathered as God's people, under the Word, around the sacraments, and fellowship together, we get a holiday. Mm. We have Christmas every single week. We have Easter every single week. We get to to come back to the life and ministry of Christ, Him him incarnate and and faithful and obedient and dying for us and buried for us and raised for us and ascended for Mm. us and coming again for us. We get that every single week as we come around the Word and Sacrament to worship as God's people. And so the Lord's Day, uh, the Sabbath uh, Sunday, is, is is elevated in the Reformed tradition and, and, and coming out of the work of the Reformation more broadly to say, this is what we should emphasize. This is what we should should stress. Yes. And I think that's something that we as Christians today should be thinking about is, um, do I think about Sunday mm. in that way? And and do I do, I, um, do things in my family to help mark that, make it special, just like we do with, with other holidays? I know uh, some Christians... Um, that uh, will always have a special meal. They always get uh, cinnamon rolls on Sunday, you know, just to kind of mark this is something special. This is something to be excited about. Um, things like that. That's a very Reformed idea. Mm-hmm. You know, how can we celebrate the Lord's Day? And and some Reformed Christians thought that that was the safest place to be, just to, to, to kind of leave aside those other celebrations of Christmas and Easter and, and all the other holidays because they saw all the baggage that was there and said, we're, we're so close to this, this is so powerful and kind of the popular imagination, it's best to leave all that to the side and just, just limit ourselves to that Lord's Day worship. Yeah. And um, I would say that's actually 
a faithful way of honoring God. I don't think God is dishonored um, by that approach. However, um, it's not the approach that um, I think we we have to take, and and I think there's actually value in celebrating some of these holidays. Mm-hmm. So so what might that look like, and and why would I say that? Am I am I throwing out the reform tradition? Well, actually, no. Um, when you go back to the reformers, you'll find that they're all wrestling with this question, and they come out in some different ways. But there is a broad consensus amongst many reformed Christians that there is a right and God-glorifying and helpful and edifying way of, of celebrating some of these holidays, specifically the ones tied to the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Um, if you're someone that wants to kind of dig into all the history of this and get all the footnotes, um, the best resource I've found is a journal article written by uh, Danny Hyde, who is a, a URC pastor and, and scholar. He's wrote, written a great great article called Not Holy But Helpful, mm, yes. A Case for the Evangelical mm-hmm. Feast Days and the Reformed Tradition. It is a journal article, um, so it can be a little dense at time, but he's a very good writer, and he walks us through the history of this and shows how uh, you can look at uh, men like Martin Bucer, who was John Calvin's uh, friend and, and mentor, mm-hmm. and see how he um, encouraged the churches under his care to, to celebrate some of these key uh, events. Uh, you can look at uh, the Second Helvetic Confession, which if you know your Reformed history, you'll know that uh, before the Westminster Standards were written, which is what we hold to now, uh, the Second Helvetic Confession was probably the most popular and widely subscribed to uh, confession uh, in the in the Reformed churches as a whole. Mm-hmm. And in, in these um, kind of giants in our, in our history, you'll find sources that are saying there's a helpful way of celebrating these things. So what does that look like? Uh, how can we celebrate them in a way that's glorifying? And I think uh, Danny Hyde's uh, article title kind of gives away his thesis that these are not holy days in an important sense. Uh, the Church of Rome or the Eastern Orthodox churches believe that the church actually has the authority to declare both time and space sacred. Um, and, and so they believe that that Christmas and Easter and these other days are not just um, an extra opportunity to sit under the preaching of the Word, but that because of the authority of the Church, these are actually specially holy days that that are set apart by the authority of 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 the Church. Uh, Reformed churches would reject that notion. We would say no. We're we're bound by what Scripture gives in the Word, which is the weekly worship of God's people. Uh, in in ordinary Sabbath life. The ceremonial law of the Old Testament, where there was this complex liturgical year, had a point. It had a purpose, and that was fulfilled in the life and ministry of Christ. We now live in a different age and under a different um, in, in a different freedom and enjoy. Um, and that's something that we have to recognize. So we can never take the celebration of Christmas or Easter or Pentecost or Ascension and say um, this: there is more grace to be found here than there is on another day of worship. Nor can we say that Christians are bound to to, to celebrate these days where they, they must observe them in various ways. And we especially cannot say that they must observe them by adding all these extra ways of observing, all these extra elements to worship. And so the Reformed Church has recognized there's things we have to deny about the way that um, the Church came to use the Church calendar um, at certain points in its mm-hmm. history. That, that That's very important. Um, However, where it can have value is when we recognize that that these are not holy days, mm-hmm. but they can be helpful. 
And, and they're helpful insofar as these are really ordinary worship services where we do what we always do. We, we read the Word, we sing, we pray, uh, we preach, we partake of, of the sacraments. And we do so not in a superstitious way, believing that we get more grace or honor God more, uh, but in a way that says we want to go back to the old, old story and hear again those key points in what Christ has done for us. And actually, uh, when you go back to the Reformed tradition in this sense, you'll see that they, in, in a sense, are a rebuke to us for not celebrating holidays enough, because they don't just do Christmas and Easter. Uh, they would celebrate the, the five evangelical feast days. So they would do Christmas, they would do Easter, they would do Good Friday, but they would also celebrate the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ, a very overlooked doctrine in our day. And Pentecost as well, something that, again, is very overlooked and underemphasized, and they would mark these things each year. And in many of the churches, uh, they would also celebrate um, New Year's Day as a as a as a point, not so much in the redemptive history calendar, but in our own calendar to say this is a chance to realign ourselves to um, what God is doing and what God is calling us to in Jesus Christ, to evaluate our lives in in light of the broader story of Scripture. And so, uh, th- there's a I think a, a very important case to be made for the value of churches um, bringing us back every year to those important key moments, but doing so in a way that is self-consciously different than how um, some churches have maybe approached this, and maybe how we view it in the culture, Mm -hmm. that we can speak of Christmas and Easter in um, almost kind of mystical, sentimental ways, um, or believe that there's extra special grace there in some way. Um, and, and so I think as Reformed Christians, we have a chance to, to celebrate these things joyfully, um, but recognizing that there are dangers to be avoided. And, and so we do that with grace. We do that with graciousness. We don't, we don't judge or condemn those who may say, my conscience is not comfortable um, celebrating those, those days, um, but also recognizing that, that biblically and historically speaking, there's good reasons for marking these days as well. That's good. Very helpful. I'm thinking, uh, as you were saying that, um, I was thinking of Acts 2.42, where it shows us uh, this uh, Lord's Day celebration uh, that the saints um, uh, enjoyed uh, as the holy day or the holy day or the holiday. Uh, Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers, and all came upon every soul. Mm. One of my favorite things uh, on the Lord's Day at the beginning of each week is to awaken my family and say, Happy Lord's Day. (laughs) And, you know, just as we say on Easter Sunday, helpfully, He is risen. I think it's uh, important for families to think about each Lord's Day as as greeting one another, uh, coming uh, prayerfully to be a blessing to the congregational worship and, and saying, uh, Happy Lord's Day. Mm. Uh, this is a celebration we have today to get uh, apostles' teaching, fellowship, the breaking of bread and the prayers. Uh, let us enjoy this day. Let us enjoy this feast in Christ, etc. I think that's very helpful. I think also that um, it's important that in every sermon, just to accent mm. what you said, um, to focus on this, to highlight it, is that every sermon uh, that is a, um, a faithful sermon to Scripture should have the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of the Lord Jesus, um, the four aspects of his ministry. And in that preaching, and even 
using that as application for the congregation, you'll have all the meanings, really, of, yes. of the holidays that are helpful, the other holidays that we might keep. Uh, but, but the life, you, you have Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, the life, you have the ministry of Jesus, the, the death, you have Good Friday, the mm-hmm. resurrection, you have Easter, and of course, the ascension, you have the uh, ascension, the day of uh, the Pentecostal celebration, the Pentecost celebration, etc. Et but to remind ourselves that those four aspects of the Lord Jesus, his person and his ministry makes this a holiday or a holy day. But ultimately, because this is the day the Lord has made, let yeah. us be glad and rejoice in it. This is the day he's given us the first day out of the week to seek first the kingdom and all its righteousness. So it's a privilege, isn't it, mm. to not only uh, keep the holy day that God gives us graciously on that first day of the week, on the day of the resurrection and a uh, day of resurrection of Jesus, but to also um, have other helpful holidays. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Well, if you'd like to learn more, you can find resources about this and many other topics, topics on our church website at www.katoctin.org. That is www.k-e-t-o-c-t-i-n. You may also find uh, useful resources on our Regional Home Missionaries website at www.joiningtheharvest.org. If you found this episode to be useful, we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And as always, we encourage you to join us for our next episode of The Shepherd's Voice.